presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening. You are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. And I'm Jim Perry. Coming to you tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast to the mothership, Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW in Seattle, and streaming right now worldwide at nightdrift.com. If you're listening to this later, you're listening to it on the Euphemet feed, wherever you find podcasts. Tonight, Ellie Molina is paving the way with her research and background in education to teach children and their parents to trust their intuition and develop conscious awareness. She is creating cutting-edge programs that can harness the skills like remote viewing, telepathy, telekinesis, and others that can be applied to everyday life. That's tonight. I can't wait. It's one of my favorite topics ever. Let's talk about some telekinesis. How can I do this? I want to do this really bad. Have I done it before? Have you done it before? Before we get into that, I want to let you know that a new edition of Euphemet drops this Thursday on the Euphemet feed. This time, a premonition leads to a dream turned reality on a remote island. It's another feature on a listener. And your story can be featured too. All you have to do is email me at jim at euphemet.com. And if it takes me a little time to get back to you, don't worry. I read and reply to these myself, so the process is just a little slow. There's those of you out there that have emailed me that I'm getting ready to email you right back. So thank you so much for sharing your stories with me. And thank you for getting in touch. We're opening lines tonight too, taking your calls in the second half of the program. Join the conversation and share the story at 888-298-5569. You can also find us on Twitter using hashtag Nightdrift or at Euphemet. We'll tap into our mind power and explore the psychic realm with guest Ellie Molina. Right after this on Nightdrift with Jim Perry. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. Here I am again. Man, is it getting any better than slow dive on a quiet, cold, wet Pacific Northwest afternoon? Or night? Or morning? Whenever you're listening to this. Thanks, thanks for indulging me. I'm Jim Perry. Welcome back to Night Drift. 
A big thank you to our sponsors, AMC Networks, Shudder, BetterHelp, and our patrons over at patreon.com slash euphemet, and thank you for listening. Now, on tonight's show. Former university adjunct and highly recognized educator Ellie Molina holds a master's degree in linguistics from NYU and has been educating for four decades. She has appeared on network TV discussing intuitive development in children. She is the founder of Kids, where children and adults learn to develop, trust, and utilize their psychic and intuitive abilities. While residing in Washington State, Ellie co-founded a private school for children where children learn to use more of their minds in a very different manner. I can't wait to ask about that. It sounds very X-Men. She is the creator of Mind Power Consulting and Psy Kids. Ellie teaches and guides you to work with your own powerful intuitive abilities while introducing you to mind power techniques. Ellie, thank you so much for being on Night Drift tonight. <laughs> thank you for having me, Jim. It's such a pleasure and uh, I'm excited to speak with you and your listeners Oh, thank you so much. And let's get right into it. I'm, I'm so curious about how educating people about mind power and intuitive abilities began for you. It actually has a very long story. So um, I began in the 1980s. And first of all, I do have to go back and say that I was one of those children who was highly psychic and this mm. this is also it's a belief i believe we are all psychic we're all intuitive it's one of our senses mm. and some of us use it more than others some of us are encouraged to use it i was encouraged to use it for a while until you know maybe until about high school where it wasn't cool any longer but as a young child i my parents helped indulge in this and so i I kind of worked in this area in my life, you know, mm, and, yeah. um, and then, but then I chose a career that was quite normal. I mean, who was a psychic and it would never even entered my mind. Okay. It's just like, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to grow up and become a psychic and do that as a full-time <laughs> job. I don't even know if that was a thing back then. And <laughs> so I went into education and now I'm dating myself, but who cares? So it was yeah. in the eighties and I was working with middle school children and it was Fridays. We would play language games and English language games. I was teaching English and then there were times where the kids would just be so telepathic, Jim, in, in these games. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe we can start to play some telepathy games while we're doing some English work. Wow. And so I started playing, you know, I started weaving it into the education. It was, you know, it was subtle, just very subtle. And the kids were amazed and, you know, empowered by, wow, I, I, I'm telepathic. Wow, this is a whole new thing. And then um, it kind of started to unfold more and more through affirmations. Now in 2005, I was working in another school district. I was in New York City. And in 2000, I'd always used affirmations. I mean, I used to do journal writing. We would do the new moon wish list every month. Okay. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, you know, it's like, okay, everybody get out your journal. I mean, they got out their journals every single day anyway, for a few moments. And so it's like, okay, you know what? New moon wish list. Let's write it down. Let's write down what we want. Present tense, make this work. Yeah. And then we'd go back and look and the kids would be amazed. And they're like, wow, this stuff works. You know, I put down, I wanted this and now I have it. It's like, ah, oh, that's, 
That's the power of the I am. And so I started teaching how important it was to be mindful of our words, how we use words, how we speak to ourselves. And then we did affirmations. And then uh, when what the bleep came out and the secret, it kind of gave me, I guess, free reign in my world that Mm. we're going to start bringing this work into the classroom during the curriculum while I'm teaching. Then especially with the affirmations and the, uh, The affirmations then led to preparations for the standardized tests. And we ended up, the class ended up with the highest scores in language art in the district, which then is like, oh, what's going on over here? So it's like, (laughs) well, you know, what's going on is that we're doing affirmations and the subconscious knows that everything. So all we have to do is remember that we know all the answers to these tests and they come easily and effortlessly. And so- Mm. Um, My administrators were really great people. I mean, this is, you know, New York City and back in the 2005 and, you know, they said, hey, you know what, we're going to give you permission. We're going to give you rain to do a um, enrichment class. And so it was Fridays for one year and it was called the power to create. And that was, you know, it started with affirmations. It started with, you know, the regular um, vision boards and all of those fun things. And then it's, uh, then I said, you know what, we're going to go bring a little bit more things into this. So we started doing telepathy. We started doing remote viewing, and then we started working on, um, there's really no word there's like it's called seeing without eyes Mm -hmm. so it's more a remote viewing type of work even though it's not real remote but it is all the same you know no matter what you you label it as it's really even remote viewing what are you doing you're you're seeing over time distance and space without the use of your physical eyes and so that's what we started doing And uh, it was just so much fun. The kids were so empowered. They started to see that they could gain some sort of self-confidence that wasn't just about their grades and about performing. It, It was transferable. It was a skill that was able to be used. And of course, the thing that was really important for me, it was more than the phenomena, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But yeah, sure. it's more than the phenomena. It is getting to be emotionally intelligent and raising your conscious awareness in order to do this work. Okay. Because if you think about it, if you're going to get frustrated and you give up and you have a baby temper tantrum, where are you on the emotional intelligence scale? It's right. not going to, it's not going to work. So right. that was where we would start. So it wasn't just about the phenomena. Yeah, you can all do this. Let's go do let's go do some remote viewing. And but then it was also okay, after you have that lucky hit, now what? Now we have to practice patience, perseverance, dedication, focus, concentration. Those are not things that people enjoy doing. I'm sorry to say. Right. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I I wish that you were my teacher at that time <laughs> in my life. That sounds so much fun. And I'm curious that did you ever have, did you ever experience pushback at that time? I mean, being in a public school system, right? Uh, Pushback from students or faculty members or or parents? Uh, Parents, no, because it was an elective. Um, Mm -hmm. So everybody that came to the class um, and the work that was 
the affirmations, all of that was, there was really nothing to push back because the kids were doing really well. So I didn't have any of that. I was made fun of by other staff members all the time. You know, they would Mm. like in the staff room, they'd be laughing at me and saying things like, oh, well, why don't you just, you know, you know how people are. Why don't you, oh, you know, oh, I want to go get a cup of coffee. Well, why don't you just go do that with your mind? Okay. And (laughs) but you know, it doesn't, you can, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, these comments are still going to be there. So that was where there was pushback was among some of the faculty uh, in, in the, in the teacher room, you know, but in the, through joking and satire, but that was really the pushback. Okay. Makes any sense, you know, How how did you get through that when you'd go home? at night was it um was that challenging or were you able to kind of use some of your own techniques to i don't know kind of kind of get um, i didn't pay attention to them you know it's like yeah. you know to me it was um look i i know this works okay you don't have to believe that it works that's not up to me for you to believe it and i am I'm at the point that, and I was at that point where I no longer wanted or cared about convincing other people. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know, this, the, I call it this stuff, okay? But we all, everybody, everybody on this planet has had telepathic experiences. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of recognizing that you've had a telepathic experience and then learning and being open to saying, hey, you know what? If I have a telepathic experience, then I can probably do some remote viewing and seeing without my eyes if I am trained to do this. And we all know that, well, we don't all know. I mean, this is me talking again. I know, and people in the, in the field that I work in all know that we can train ourselves to be fabulous remote viewers. And uh, it's a training, it's a skill, just, you know, you learn how to play piano. You can learn how to remote view. And the same way that you can learn how to remote view, you can learn how to perform telekinesis and um, enhance your telepathy. So these are mental abilities that we all possess. Only some people are better at it than others. Yeah. So within your spectrum of work, you know, it's uh, there's a foundational belief that everyone has the potential to have psychic abilities in which, you know, I know studies are suggesting the same thing that are out there. Uh, when did it first occur to you that this is the possibility and that, you know, sort of this consensus 3D reality that we're supposed to be living in could be a little stranger and more interesting? Well, like I said, I had some really bizarre experience. Well, they're not, the, you know, I, I label them bizarre right now. I had experiences when I was about four or five years old that I didn't understand they did they made sense to me okay but right. they, they weren't you know the kind of experiences that um you know it wasn't conversation that other people would be able to understand and I don't mind sharing we had a very close friend and when she I must have been about four or five years old when she passed away I dreamt that I was walking with her and you know I was walking with her I saw her clearly we held hands and I said to her you know I thought you were I thought you were dead. And she said, I am, but um, the dead welcome. And this is not the exact words that she used because I was, you know, four or five, five, six. She said, the dead walk among the living and only few can see us. And I mean, and that, I still remember that dream. Wow. From when I was like a kid, you know, sure. and 
And then we had another experience where I was in the, um, I was at home. I was about five years old and we had this huge picture that hung on the living, on the living room wall and it fell down. And I looked at my father and I said, Oh, Mr. Robertson just passed away. And everybody mm-hmm. looked at me and then lo and behold, you know, later on, everybody got, you know, it was confirmed. Mr. Robertson passed away when the picture fell down and Ellie made that announcement. And wow. You know, then it just went on like that. I would know who was calling on the old landline. And um, the thing is that my parents also kind of encouraged it. You know, this is back in the day. I had a black and white television set because that's all we know. We had color TV and then but mostly we had black and white. And I watched One Step Beyond the Twilight Zone. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, and for me, that stuff was real, Jim. Yes. You're like, these, these are documentaries, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I, um, I came from a very same uh, background, I suppose, in terms of my family being very open and encouraging of things mm-hmm. like this. And in fact, I, I tell this story and I've told it a few times on this program and other places that, you know, I had this experience with my mother and my grandmother. You know, I'd be sitting in the front room. My mom would just walk over to the phone and pick it up and answer the telephone before it would even ring for mm-hmm. essentially every time my grandma would call. And the same with my grandma. I'd be sitting on my grandma's floor watching TV, uh, watching Twilight Zone, the documentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would walk over to the phone, pick it up and just start talking to my mom. And, you know, they, you know, they, they called it at that time. Oh, it's our ESP. It's our ESP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just something that was inherent. And it was almost even not weird. It was just a part of normal everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and how that's, does, that's how I see it. That's how I see it. I think that we need to be talking about this the way other people talk about the weather. You know, this is just yeah. normal. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, being that you know, there's this potentiality that, that, that these are inherent, that everybody walks around has some level of access or ability to do it with, with, you know, sort of technique or tools or training, like you're suggesting, you know, what are some of those techniques that you use to, to teach people that this exists and that they are kind of powerful in these ways? Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. So, um, this is, a um, I have just now that we're talking on my website, and I will go into detail here, but on my website, I do have a free 16 page uh, downloadable guide oh, that great. is yeah, six ways to tap into your child's inner magic. And it goes through six ways in detail for adults to tap in. And, you know, when I say you're a child, you don't have to be a kid to do kids of all ages. Okay. Yeah. So it's six ways to tap into your inner magic. And um, there's something that I call the friendly, the first way that I do this. And this starts with really young kids. And as a matter of fact, I was even practicing with my three-year-old grandson today. (laughs) And what that that is, is we sit in the old, um, the old crisscross applesauce position, right? And we take our three fingers, put them together, like in yoga pose, put them on our knees and we start to focus. We just sit still. We, we tuck away our body and we don't move. And so this is one of the ways 
Now, of course, he's only three. He just turned three. So we were not able to, and there were a lot of people around. So we were only able to get into the post today (laughs) for about five seconds. (laughs) Only the idea is that what I do with children when I'm, I'm teaching them that we get into these poses and the, we start to sit for a while and we do not move and we pay attention to uh, the urges that we have to scratch or to move or twitch, and we just pay attention to that. So therefore, our awareness goes to that. And then we start paying attention to um, now we go, we're talking older people now, as for example, if you were to go do this, and let's say you sat now crisscross applesauce, and you could close your eyes, keep them open and focus on something and start working up to 10 minutes, to 15 minutes, start doing this up to 30, 40 minutes. And what will happen is as an adult, you'll notice that you're going to drop really deep into alpha, which is the reduced brainwave state. And then you may even ha- start having, um, you may have, well, you'll be in an altered state mm. and you won't need drugs to get into this. And you'll be amazed at some of the things that are going to start to pop into your mind and monkey mind, you know, monkey mind that the brain where it's just, it disappears And what really happens is you get into a a person gets into an altered state and it is in this area that telepathic um, information starts to, well, it's, we can understand it better because when we're in a beta brain state, like the one that we're in right now, it is really challenging for us to hear telepathic messages, to get all of that. We've got to be more relaxed unless we're really practiced in this realm. But this is where, this is where we begin. We begin by getting into alpha through meditation, through focusing, whatever it takes. There are a lot of different activities that one can do to get into the relaxed um, without taking, we're not talking taking alter medication or drugs in this. Okay. Um, we're just talking about really relaxing the body and getting into an alpha or theta brainwave state so that we can now be open and receptive to the messages that are coming in from what let's call it universal consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, maybe after the break, I'll share with you another uh, a quick personal story. I'm sorry, audience. I know you've heard this story before, but, I, but I'm going to share it because it, it uh, some of my most profound moments seemingly are at the very end of just sitting and being quiet and doing exactly what you were talking about there, Ellie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's profound. Um, we have to take a short break here, though, on Night Drift. We'll be right back here with Ellie Molina. I'm Jim Perry. We're taking your calls next hour too. 888-298-5569. Do you have an experience or or a question about these inherent psychic abilities, about mind power, about sitting and being still and listening and having it happen? That's next on Night Drift, right after this.
drifting deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. We are back here on Night Drift on a damp Pacific Northwest night. I'm not complaining, though, because I'm headed to L.A. in a few days. You guessed it, for more Euphemet work. In fact... Look for what I'm doing to show up on the Euphemet feed shortly. And I want to say hello to Derek real quick, who is listening live. Derek has listened to the different iterations of this live program for years. Before Euphemet even became a documentary series, it was a live radio program on Deep Talk Radio Network and Hollow Earth Radio in Seattle. Derek was listening back then. So thanks, Derek. I appreciate you listening again and following along on Twitter. And remember, if you want to follow along as I begin adventuring once again for Euphemet and Night Drift, find us across social media at Euphemet and at It's Jim Perry. And if you're listening to this radio broadcast right now and want more, you can find all of this on the Euphemet podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, just visit Euphemet.com. We're back here with Ellie Molina on Mind Power. And unlocking psychic abilities. You can call in at 888-298-5569. But honestly, it might not even get to you. 
because we are so deep in conversation about the implications of us all having abilities just waiting to be unlocked. And that's what we're talking to with Ellie right now. Ellie, thank you so much for being on Night Drift this week. Thank you. You know, I wonder, what does a world look like where everyone uses intuitive abilities consciously? (laughs) It's funny that you asked me that right now today. Uh, as I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this, and it was the same question. Like, what would it be like if everybody were able to manifest and everybody would use their mind power abilities? And then I said, assuming that that were true, well, it would be a very different world from anything that we already know. Because first of all, we wouldn't have to, we'd be, communicating very differently if we were all telepathically communicating with one another. And then to be at that level, we I'm assuming we'd have a huge jump in our emotional development and perhaps even the way that our perception and the way that we see the world and who we are as human beings. So I don't think we could really answer that with our limited perspective right now, but it would, it would really be a cool, a cool place as far as I'm concerned. That's so interesting. You're right. Because there, there's actually so many dominoes that would have to fall for us to get there firstly. And then secondly, what the landscape of things would look like. Yeah. How do we know? How can we paint that picture when, when, when so many other things would change based off of that? That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, just to be in a, in a world where people are telepathically communicating, um, I'm going to assume that with, let's say that we're using our own emotions and that we're still operating with this emotional system that we have, we will really have learned how to conquer our emotions at that point so that we wouldn't be having temper tantrums. Um, It would be a very different world. And that really is about being kind of mindful about our emotions, right? And mm-hmm. putting them in context. And mm-hmm. I, I suppose that's why this training is so good for kids, right? Because that's something as an adult, I, you know, I, I am, I think all of us struggle with that, right? Uh, in, in so many different degrees, but it's not something that I was even conscious of until I was like a young adult. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have, we, you know, the way that we're built biologically, you know, we, we get angry. However, um, one of the things that I used to teach children with mindfulness and something called intuitive heart is to learn how to identify the emotions at a very early age, and then to learn to work with those emotions so that we are not reacting to situations, but we're actually responding to situations. And that's something that I still work with adults now when I do consulting, you know, when we do mind power consulting, I always go to that space of, you know, learn, you need to learn how to respond and not react. You got to look at the triggers and understand what's going on. It has to be conscious. In, you know, it really has to be a person needs to be aware of their thoughts. And that again, gets into being aware, being present, being conscious, knowing what you're thinking, distinguishing what kind of thoughts you're having from just being 
a sleeper in monkey mind all the time and not aware. Yeah. Not even aware that, that you are thinking things, you know, there are a lot of people. um, I I forget this. There are a lot of people who think the voices in their head is just totally normal, which it is, but that we can, that we don't have any control over them. And yet we control, we, that's what it's all about. It's learning how to control them and to discern them and to then be the master of those voices. Do you believe that entering into that space where we can use things like telepathy and telekinesis and practice remote viewing, even though that, you know, there's a process, right? A, a technique that some people would even claim like, oh, well, hey, it's, you know, it's, you, you just follow these rules with it and you go with it. But um, regardless, without, first kind of mastering our uh, emotional state we we can't really get to that other place would would you agree with that yeah you might be able to well let's put it like this you'll probably be able to get there the first time as beginner's luck mm. you know what kind of the kind of naive thing okay close your eyes what color do you see and you're in an alpha and then oh yeah i see red and okay yeah correct wow but now what happens when we do it again and you get it wrong or you don't <laughs> then frustration starts to kick in then self-talk starts to kick in. So that's where mastering the emotions and learning how to understand what's going on, tap, you know, removing the noise, the internal noise also, that becomes really important understanding that we have to get rid of that and we have to put it somewhere. So that's a consciousness again. You know, it's so interesting. And, and I hope, you know, folks are listening to this, that are interested in or practicing things like paranormal investigation, right? Because I've, I've, I've featured people. I've, I've been in proximity to folks that are in, you know, sort of maybe what others would claim haunted locations and they're doing the work and they're investigating and they're striking out uh, apparent to them, you know, according to them, they're, they're striking out and they're frustrated and, and they're using that and, and it's almost sort of charging them like through their emotions and to to me, it feels like those are completely unbalanced spaces where um, their their state is not even open enough to allow something else happened as if maybe that's how it occurred to them before through like sort of beginner's luck or being in a different state. And And when we talk about like sort of the state that we are and we're moving through spaces in certain states and it being reflective of our relationship for sort of greater psychic abilities... I, you know, I'm really curious if in your experience, you found things like, I don't know, physical wellness, a part of this, like your, your diet, like how much sleep you're getting, uh, these type of things. Yeah. That all goes, see, that's something else that all, it all goes together. Yeah. Um, When we're well rested, you know, we, you know, again, this is, this is an interesting question, Jim, because there are very successful remote viewers who are trained um, and they're great at what they do. And so this, this gets in, but they don't have a lot, you know, you can say they're still emotionally immature when they argue Mm -hmm. and fight among each other. And maybe they don't have diets and maybe they smoke cigarettes, you know, or they smoke. So does that impair their ability to go do remote viewing? Um, no, but could they be better if they like, could their abilities be enhanced if they took better care of themselves? Absolutely. I mean, I I've noticed that 
even myself when, you know, I do psychic work and I do psychic readings. And when I remove certain things from my diet, you know, examples, sugar and carbohydrates, when that's mm. not something that I'm eating, um, I am much more focused, but I'm very cognizant of that. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to be doing work and I'm going to be doing psychic work, then I make sure that the day before and on the day that I am doing this work, that that's not part of the diet. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. And, and I've heard the same thing in, 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 a, you know, in terms of sugar, for example, being sort of a, a, a repellent to, to achieving any sort of greater uh, level of consciousness. Um, and I get it. Listen, you're like all over the place. I go through these things too, where I feel I'm totally disconnected. I'm multitasking too much. I'm not connected to like whatever work I'm doing. And then I look around, I'm like, Oh, I'm eating garbage right now. Yeah. What do I expect? What am I? What? Do, yeah. What am I? 12? What is going on here? Um, I've got so many questions for you here and we're going down so many different interesting corridors, but let's take a step back for a second and, and I'm, you know, answer what you wish with this, but outside of the realm of uh, sort of the work you present, how has this work sort of affected your own life in either like sort of positive or negative ways with relationships or, or how you move through the world? So the, this is a great question. So what I've noticed is the more that I embrace this work and not look to um, deny it and pretend that it doesn't exist, the richer my life has become. And I'm not mm. talking about financial riches. I'm just talking about the beauty that I can see, the understanding that we're all connected, appreciation, gratitude, consciousness. My life is so I feel so blessed to be able to see the world through the perspective that I have. And I, I don't mean that to sound cocky or anything like that, but right. you know, it's, it's a way of looking at the world and, and knowing that we're all connected, you know, and that just, we're all part of the greater sum, you know, nobody is in isolation. We're all tapped into this universal consciousness and just like think of avatar. And so by being aware of that, we can extend a common courtesy to other people. We can be grateful. We can be appreciative for everything that we have. And it just makes life so much richer and more rewarding and exciting as opposed to having living a life that has drama. Yeah, I feel the same way. And in fact, one of kind of my profound experiences, I mean, when I really sat down and thought about it, I had a, a ton of sort of psychic related experience as a kid and, and growing up. And like I said, because I came from a household where this these weren't things were sort of adopted and normal, I, I didn't really remember them in the way that a lot of people do like sort of top of mind, like this was really weird. It was out, out of control. Like this is a hallmark of something strange that happened to me. For me, it was a little more like, oh yeah, that, that was weird. Wasn't it? Like in terms of what, so, you know, I had a profound experience as this, this was the experience that I was mm -hmm. saying that I was referring to that people have heard on this show I had an experience where I, I did enter into uh, that, that state after sort of a deep meditation, I'm, I'm very, I'm a novice of it. I think this was like sort of beginner's luck where I fell into the state and I had this very wild experience with 
these anomalous lights on this mountain. And in relationship to them, I was, you know, sort of breathing into them and breathing out. Every time I would breathe in, that ember, its light would, you know, kind of light up. And every time I'd breathe out, it was almost as if, you know, I was breathing life into this thing. Mm. And having just one experience like that, that was so paramount within my sort of adult life, I think it shifted everything for me. And it definitely shifted the, the, the paradigm of my work. And I'm, I'm curious if I can't be the only one that says that kind of stuff. And I'm sure you've had experiences with people where they've stumbled into this and maybe had a beginner's luck experience, or you've helped them and educated them along the way as to where it's really changed their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking of, um, I can't think of anybody right now off the top of my hand ahead where I've helped them in that respect, but I have heard so many stories of people who were living ordinary lives. Okay. Let's just say ordinary lives right. when all of a sudden, all of a sudden the sky literally parted or something and they saw an angel or there was an experience that happened and they received communication from, you know, they heard something and then they picked up their kids and they ran out of the house just at the moment where the house collapsed. I mean, mm. bizarre, you know, again, we call these out of the extraordinary things. And these people's lives have just, because of these experiences, going from living every single day, let's call it monkey mind and not even being conscious, and then having the experience of um, listening to their intuition, not getting on the airplane, and that ends up crashing. Or a kid, again, this reminds me when I was teaching New York um, during 9-11, where a kid came in the next day and he said, his father woke up that morning and had this really bad feeling about going to work. So he stayed home. And mm. you know, these kind of things then start to change people's lives. It, it has people, you know, go down, open up and start looking into the world of the paranormal. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's incredibly profound and, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, based off your work and the amount of people that you've interacted with and educated on these topics, have you found that, for example, between children and parents, between kids and adults, is there a difference between their relationship to, to psi abilities? Well, kids, again, think of it like in terms of language, all right? Mm -hmm. um, if a child, little kids can learn a second language easier. Also remember the vocabulary of a six-year-old is, 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 is not as advanced, obviously, as the vocabulary of an adult. So for children, there's this opportunity, I call it the window of opportunity. We know that this is true, you know, um, in development and the development of the brain where language acquisition happens and other, other forms of acquisition, the window of opportunity opens. And this is the same with psychic development. And so children in the ages, really young to 12, they're in an, well, into eight, they're in this alpha brainwave state, that slower reduced brainwave state. So for them to learn this, or they're not even learning it, they're, well, they're tapping into it. And yeah, 
they're understanding what it is. Let's put it like that. Mm. And so they can use this. And then later on, when they switch into beta, they have the, they have the remembrance, they have the recall. They, it's part of their vocabulary. It's part of their repertoire. So it's a muscle now, you know, that has been built. The neurons have fired together so they can use this later with more ease than somebody who's learning it a little bit later. I'm fascinated that you co-founded a private school where you, you know, you taught children to use their minds in, in these very different ways. Do, do you keep in touch with any of these children that you I do? How, what, what, what is their experience now growing into adulthood and, and having access to these abilities? Well, you know, they're, they're living very quote unquote normal lives. All right. However, the way that their lives are is there the, the thing that I was sharing with um, people recently also is they go about their lives intentionally, if that makes any sense, you know, Mm, there is a knowingness that they're, that they co-create their reality and that they are the creators of their, or they are the creators of their reality. So when these kids who are now adults decide that they're going to want to do something, they really do apply manifestation, um, manifestation techniques to this. They apply focused energy techniques. They visualize, but there's a knowingness. Okay, there's this knowingness that this works. All I need to do is put my energy on it and boom, uh, it happens. It's almost like a knowing that you can part the seas energetically. So therefore they, they live with this knowingness, even if it's in the third, you know, in this 3D world. Yeah, and it probably helps that they have just context for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of I mean, because a lot of people use words and, and coming from linguistics, you know, they, they use words in different ways that that mean something else or that have a deeper meaning. People saying that, oh, well, I just felt it in my gut or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm following mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know now that there could be some sort of like uh, a, a very interesting um, uh, you know, actual connection between these, these organs and, 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 uh, what these things are resonating. Right. But it, and essentially they're, they're referring to this other thing that you're actually giving language in context for. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's also called, I've heard it referred to as meta power also. It's, mm. it's hard to put words to this, um, Jim, unless you start to experience this yourself, but it is one of those things that happens. It's a bodily, it's a bodily thing that it's a knowing. It's just a knowing. I really don't have other, it's a knowing that this can be the way that it's going to be. And this power comes into the body. This is kind of how the telekinesis works. This power comes into the body and then the energy goes out of the body and there's a knowing that this is going to move. This is going to work. This is going to do something. It's hard. I, you know, don't really have any language for it. It's an experience. Well, yeah. And, and obviously it's something where people are listening to this right now, whether live or on the Euphemet feed and going, I know what that feeling feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know what that is. And so uh, Ellie, we're going to have to wrap up here, but thank you so much for being on the program. And, and where can everyone find you and your work? Uh, EllieMolina.com. 
it's all, right. all there. Side kit, everything is there. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And if you're listening on the podcast feed, of course, those links will be in the show notes. You can just scroll over there and then and then connect right through. Um, I have so many more questions for you. You know, Ellie, I'd love to come out and do a Euphemat feature on you. I'd love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, everyone go check out Ellie's work and thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk KKNW 1150 AM Seattle. You can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, the Euphemet podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Go to euphemet.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up. Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.